Happy Halloween from the Lost in Possession podcast. After Liverpool were given a Saturday night fright by Leeds, we talk, is the Klopp curse real? Start the intro. So, we're very on theme today. It's Halloween and we are discussing the world-famous seven-year Klopp curse. Obviously, Liverpool's form, we all know how bad it's been. Unexpectedly bad this season. Just this weekend, losing to Leeds, who I believe are winless in eight games. The week prior, they lost to Nottingham Forest, who, who seem to be the whipping boys of the division. I don't think Forest have won in 10 games either. Liverpool are looking in, in a bad way. Um, so let's get straight into it. Jamie, we'll come to you first. What on earth is happening to Liverpool? Well, it was an interesting sort of start to the season where I think it was like, even if you look at pre-season, where they got beat 4-0 off United and you all went, where everyone was like, oh, it's pre-season, doesn't really matter, doesn't really matter. But that probably was where the signs were showing. I don't know if them competing on all four fronts last year really has taken its toll on them. But now with a record of four wins, four draws, four losses, it's quite remarkable considering what Liverpool have been achieving for a number of years now under Klopp. It could possibly be or say, like you said at the start, seven-year curse. We obviously had it at Mainz and at Dortmund, but this Liverpool side should be a different a different sort of, I don't know, like just a different side compared to them to really be bothered by this curse. However, I think like being 15 points off first and eight points off fourth is just is really alarming and they can pull it back, but they're sort of showing no signs of it. And I think actually the World Cup coming up is a blessing in disguise for them. Like, what do you two think of that sort of with the way Liverpool are in the World Cup? Is that just going to sort of help them sort of just go, right, that's it. Forget that. This is the start of the season. Well, you can make a case for both sides, I think. And just just for our viewers at home, so for the first first people who don't know what the curse is we're referring to. So it's the seven-year Jurgen Klopp curse. So in the seventh year, every club he's managed, he's had an absolute nightmare. So as Jamie said, he, he's, his managerial career sort of took flight at, at Mainz, the German side. Um, and in his seventh season, obviously he, he was he was well praised for his time there. But in the seventh season, they were actually relegated from the division. We then go years ahead to, to his time at Borussia Dortmund. Now, again, he did well, you know, Champions League final and so on. But in the seventh year, they touched the relegation zone they lost 14 games. Lewandowski left. And I think they ended up, you know, like 10th in the table or something, something close to that. So Klopp then left. And now, now, lo and behold, we're in the seventh season of his Liverpool tenure and things are going, are going south. So that's the curse. Reese, is there any weight to this mysterious curse or is there other reasons at, at fault? Yeah, I know it's spooky season and I'd say at Anfield is a scary place to be right now, but... I think, I think there's a lot of things to it. I think, you know, I know we talk about a seven-year curse. It, it is possible. Um, but I think, I think they've, they've got a lot of injuries. I think that hasn't helped 
um, I think that's really unbalanced them. And, and it's been quite strange because, you know, they've got a result against Man City or they look like they're turning the tide and then they lose or draw again. And they're not losing or drawing to teams, you know, that are normally competing with them. They're, they're losing, not getting the results against teams that they usually used to be comfortably. Um, I know Klopp has said that he thinks that after the World Cup, we'll see a different Liverpool. Um, that would be interesting to see. Uh, you know, he's going to have to hope that a lot of his players don't get any injuries out there or any players that I think, I think a couple of them are going to miss the World Cup. So hopefully that gets them back a little bit refreshed. But they've really got to push on now. You know, everyone remembers the 2020-2021 season where, where, you know, they had a horror season, really, when defending their title, which... Again, it seems to the stars seem to align. They have a, off the back of another successful season. Form has dropped off a bit. You know that season they ended up finishing third, but there was that time they lost four league games in a row. Uh, they got thrashed by Aston Villa seven two. So there was that strange period for them before they eventually turned it around, finished third, and they lost nine games in that season. So Liverpool can only afford to lose five more to equal that, um, which would be very very tough. But I think the. I think um, drawing on what you said earlier was quite interesting about when they sold Lewandowski. Um, you're right. When they sold Levin, Lewandowski left, sorry, as a free to buy in 2014, the recruitment was horrific. It was no out and out replacement. It was just buy loads of players and see what they can do. This summer, they've sold their key player at Liverpool in Mane. And again, they haven't replaced him with a like for like player. Nunes is a different player to Mane. And I think, if you look at them, how they've had struggles there, I think that's played a big part in it too. I think on the Mane, Mane thing, you know, I, I don't think you can ever compare, you know, he was he was a great servant for Liverpool for so long, but I don't think he had a, as, as big impact as Lewandowski did in, in the Dortmund side. And um, for me, I I think the issue was, was clear, well, it was clear to me two years ago. Um, and before the start of last season, I sort of made a prediction. I was like, Liverpool, you look, you look at their squad, I don't think it's as good as 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 cities as, as Chelsea's and a few other other big teams. And you know, last season I was proven wrong because they competed on all four fronts. And genuinely, it was a surprise. But it feels like everything I thought and said at the time has kind of come out a year later than I thought. Because just you know, it, you know, you look at their midfield, and although Harvey Elliott's come in, you know, you've got Henderson, you've got um, Cater, you've got you know Thiago. You've got Fabinho at times coming into the field, and it it is a quite an old and you know Liverpool historically have been a high press, high energy team, and no disrespect to those players, they're, they're they're clearly quality, technical, you know, experienced players, but you can't expect those guys to run and run and run. You know, you've got Milner in there as well, and if you don't recruit and you don't freshen up the squad, you can't expect the same results over and over again. And I think to some degree, I'm not just, it's, it's not just Klopp's fault. It, you know, it happens at every club. You have that transition period, but he has to take a bit of that responsibility. It's not overwhelmingly surprising that the, the, the running numbers of Liverpool this season have been significantly less than the, the last season. That's not, that's not a shock to anyone, really. And I think for me, you, you look at this kind of the, the, the Liverpool that are getting 90 plus points and stuff. They're on your case. They're higher pressing in games. They start on the front foot and they rattle you early. And this Liverpool side we're seeing now is a complete shadow of that in just a year. I mean, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was like 
70 to, to 80% of their games this season, they've conceded the first goal. Like, that's insane for any big team, let alone Liverpool, who get at you early. And, and that was kind of their, that was kind of their almost unique selling point, that high intensity. And it, and it seems they've lost it. So for me, that's the real reason, not freshening up, lower intensity and less running. And for me, that's, that, that's why they're struggling. Like I do agree with you there. I do also think Liverpool have slightly changed their formation, and I think it is to fit in Nunes and no no longer having Mane. And one thing they've done is push Salah out wider, and now Salah, like for getting all the goals he was getting, he was coming inside and getting a, and getting quite a few goals out of it. So to move what was really your main man in Salah. From from coming inside to staying out on the like width, it just hasn't worked. And I think it's something that Klopp's tried because you've got a, you've got a completely different striker in Nunes than when Firmino was there, when Jota played there, or even when Mane played there a bit of last season. Going with the midfield, looking into that is you've got these aging players that you've known. I think. Liverpool fans have known for a while, we've known for a while, it's getting older and older and you're not going to have that energy. And I was quite surprised when they got rid of um, Wijnaldum, or however you pronounce that name, I know I probably butchered that. But he was someone who I thought was key in that, in that midfield. And then they let him go and I was a bit, I was just, I was quite shocked by it because they've not really gone, here's the replacement for him. And then bringing in Harvey Elliott, now, I've seen, a, I saw a tweet from a Liverpool fan who said Harvey Elliott's played the last or started the last sort of five, at least five league games. And they compared it and they went, at City, he would not be getting more than 30 minutes a game. And that's, I think, where you can see they're obviously meant to be trying to compete with us again. And a lot of us would have had them in the, at least in the top four. I, I think I had them second. That's who they're trying to compete with. And you can see such a difference between Man City's midfield three and Liverpool's. And why they've gone not gone and sort of bought someone. Because now they're going to look to next year and they're probably going to have to compete with everyone. It's going to be like a like a hardened situation for midfielders. Like strikers were last season. It's going to be centre midfielders, I think, this season. That a lot of clubs, I think Chelsea will, City will. Arsenal might as well. Then you've got United, who they've bought Casemiro, but I still feel like they need another midfielder. And then they're in a massive free-for-all again. And Liverpool at the moment have shown they don't actually compete on the financial level in certain aspects. Not fully, because as much as Klopp wants to say, he's still got one of the most expensive goalies, centre-backs, and now strikers. But he can't compete, apparently. That's, that's yeah. That's another history. point to get on. I think that's a very good point about the midfielders. And it is going to be a complete free, not free for all, obviously, but a bidding war. You know, you've got the likes of maybe Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, to, to throw some names out there that we can come on to in a bit. But the for me, you know, I, I pay a lot of attention to sort of, you know, post-match interviews, press conferences and that. And, and one thing, particularly from the Leeds game, that's telling is his change in, in attitude, his body language, is the way he speaks. And, and look, we, we know it's a running joke that 
he's had some of the most sort of ridiculous excuses known to man as to why they've lost. But it's getting to a point now where he he can't even come up with an excuse. Like I think one one against Forest was like we we just shouldn't have lost the game, and it's like, well, what does that mean? That's not an excuse, or that you know, there's nothing to it. You know, against Leeds, he, the interview, he just looked, he looked down, he he, he looked deflated, he, and he look, he feels like a broken man at times. Now I don't know whether that's because of the losses or it's he's he's lost a bit of that kind of maybe it is the seven year curse as we said, who knows? But he, he's lost a bit about him. Now no manager is going to be bouncing around buzzing and happy, you know, when they're on a bad streak. But I feel like the way going back to the high high energy, high intensity, the lovable character. I think on a personal level, he's, he's losing a bit of that as well. And Liverpool slowly, and maybe it sounds a bit dramatic to say, but slowly losing their identity this season. As I said earlier, the pressing's gone. The sort of high energy, happy, smiling clock's gone. You know, Mane gone. Like, I, I do feel like they're going to reach a point this season where there's a crossroads and they're either like, we're actually going to have a terrible season and finish mid-table or they're going to crack on and start getting up the table and pushing, you know, top four again. And we but all be all... right with that, though, George. Is they had that when Van Dyke got injured a few seasons ago that Reese touched upon. They did kick on at the end of the season, so that still is still not. I don't think it's like completely dead in the water for him to get top four, really. But it's still concerning the way they're they're playing. And I just want to sort of touch on interviews with Klopp. The start of the season, he came out going, we've got the best goalie, we've got the best right back, got the best centre back, got the best left back. I think he said best midfield as well, midfielder as well. And then obviously, now that they've gone and lost a few games, we can't compete. It's just crap from him. I'm glad it's happening to Liverpool, to be perfectly honest. I'm enjoying watching them lose. And to be honest, the only game they've actually played well this season was against us. And they didn't play like Liverpool normally played. And it was one big, big error from us that made them win. Like that could have easily ended nil-nil and Liverpool would have gone, we've played well defensively. And that's kind of it. And that could then put even more pressure on Klopp and Liverpool for not getting anything. Because then losing them two games, then, yeah, so beat West Ham after us. Then losing these last two games, that's shocking. <laughs> to lose them to them two, like you said, eight, eight games, ten games, and not won either of them. Yeah. Like, I don't see where that comes from because I watched the Leeds game. Leeds were proper in that game and deserved the win, I thought. Like, Liverpool, Liverpool offered some... Something they don't offer nothing, but they weren't great at all. And Leeds, Leeds, I thought were on top for most of it, and then their game plan absolutely worked. But our teams just sort of, I don't know, like I don't see where the proper attacking threat is coming from Liverpool at this moment because it it doesn't seem to be coming from Salah, and it doesn't seem to be coming from Trent. Robertson's been injured, but that's where I think they're losing their spark a bit. Because who's coming up with the creativity? And Thiago's also been injured. So it's like Henderson, Milner at right back, sort of there's just lack of creativity all over. 
So maybe we're sort of like you mentioned sort of Bellingham and Rice. Bellingham, to be fair, does get forward. But maybe they need someone that's a sort of a cam player. Like, I, I can't really think of one who's available at the top of my head, but someone who has that in them to sort of produce things like that. So that's sort of where I think maybe that's the angle they should probably, they could be going for. I don't know, Reese. Reese, what, what do you think on that? I'm a bit. I'm not in complete agreement. Yeah, in terms in terms of transfers, I mean, first things first. I think I think you're right. Well, I think they've had a lot of players that have been there for a minimum five years now. Um, off the top of my head, you know, Van Dyke, Joe Gomez, Robertson, Trent. You've got Henderson, Salah signed in 2017 too. Firmino's been there since 2015. You've got uh, Milner who's been there since 2015 as well. So there's a lot of players that have made up this core of a group. And I think what a lot of clubs are afraid to do is make those bold moves. Get rid of one or two, bring in one or two. Ferguson was very effective at it, shifting out one of the, maybe of a long-serving player and bringing in a better player. Pep's very good at it. You know, he let Sterling go. A lot of clubs wouldn't have let him go. He let him go and City have become a better team from that. Um, you could argue Arteta's been doing that very well, shifting out some of the players like that. So I think he needs to be looking at that in the in the summer, um, particularly in midfield. I, I believe Firmino's contract is actually due to expire next year. Milner as well, Henderson as well, I think. So you're going to lose three, four players um, on that. And I think they need to target. And I, I've got a list of a few players I think would make sense for Liverpool. I think I think they would spend big because they'd have to. And I think if they let a few players go for free, then, you know, it, it, it's going to tie up some wages. So I think we could be looking at Bellingham, I think should be target number one for them in midfield. But are they going to spend 100 and... Because he's going to go for at least 120, I think. I think they would, just because they've broke the bank already for Van Dijk and Allison. You know, they've not been afraid to do that in the past. I think they could do it. Um, I think... Chavi Simmons at PSV would be a good option for them if they wanted, because they need to reduce the age of this squad as well. Uh, Gakpo at PSV, Sanger at PSV, um, Yuri Tullemans might be a good option for a free agent. And I think Frank Kessie at Barcelona could be a good addition there as well. He'd be a bit of an engine um, in there. And they probably wouldn't have to pay much for Kessie because Barcelona got him for free. So he could be a good option there. Um, they need the money. <laughs> yes. I think... I think the big thing as well is that Mane replacement. Um, I think they could target someone like Son at Spurs. I think they could unsettle him and he would go if that option was there or Gnabry or Nkunku. You know, it's 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 an expensive rebuild, but they've got themselves in this situation. So they've got no choice but to spend big. And if it means spending £200 million, £300 million in the next transfer window to secure their future for the next four or five years, it's probably worth it. What do you guys think? I think I, I disagree slightly with you you guys on, on where their issues are. I don't think their their attack is the issue. Salah, you know, Salah's Salah at the end of the day. He's not had the greatest season, but I think the whole responsibility of that lies not just with him, but the wider team. You've got Firmino, who, who's had, you know, Liverpool fans have been a fan of his for years. I wasn't personally. You know, he's had a resurgence this, this season. Resurgence this season. He's showing his quality now. You've got Jota, who has been, I think, phenomenal when he's played for Liverpool. 
Then you've got Nunes, who's starting to look like a real player now. When he comes on, he, he has an impact. Lots of shots, lots of chances being created. And, of course, you've got Diaz, who, you know, until his injury, we were waxing lyrical about him. And I think he has genuinely got the potential to be world-class. So that's a, a very good attack. And I'd argue not many teams in the Prem can match that level of attacking ability. Or, you know, four or five quality attackers of that calibre. Not many teams can offer that. For me, the issue is, as I said already, the age of midfield. And also, you know, we, we've talked about Trent this season. And more so than ever, his defensive fragilities have been exposed as more, more than they ever have before. Now, I'm not blaming Trent, but you, you've also then got to look at Van Dijk. You know, we've seen the highlights in, in clips and memes of some of his games where he's standing there, he's not blocking. He's, you know, Van Dyke was was a, a nine out of ten every week in in you know last season, season before, whenever he, you know, sorry, the the you know the the fight in the north front season, he was world class. Van Dyke has been Van Dyke's dropped off. Suddenly their whole defense looks less confident. You've got Trent making errors every five minutes, and then you've got an aging midfield. And I, I think that's the issue. I actually don't think they're striking attackers have got any any real issues other than injuries but yeah for me it's more of a defensive and kind of loss of confidence thing that's causing them issues but where's the loss of confidence come from really like what's changed they've apparently like I said from before Klopp thinks they've got the best centre back right back left back goalie what like well Alisson Alisson maybe is proving that um Alisson, I think, has got them out of trouble this season. I mean, they're in trouble, but without, you know, if they had an average keeper, I think they'd be even lower down the table, bottom half. Yeah, um, quite possibly. Um, I, like, I think everyone knows it's the midfield that's the way, but I was sort of saying they needed the attacking midfielder. I think because it's all well and good having midfielders, but if no one can get it to these attackers that you were listing, it's, a, it's all a bit... Well, not pointless. It's nearly pointless, though. But so, um, to be honest, though, I do agree with sort of you've got to reduce the age. And I think ones that I you didn't mention was I think it was Talani at I think it's at AC the Italian. Sort of, he's twenty two. I think it'd be a great signing for him. And I don't think it would be a fee of Bellingham of Rice's sort of standard. That's sort of where it is. And I, I think Liverpool will get pushed out if they wanted to go for Bellingham, if they wanted to go for Rice. Because I don't see them spending over that 100 million. And that's down to their owners. I don't think their owners would allow it. Um, but then they've had a, they've had like a really good scouting for a while. Like They've obviously bought in this Carvalho, who's 19. It's too, it's too early for him to be sort of playing week in, week out. And I think it's the same, should be the same for Harvey Elliott. Um, but they're in the position due to some injuries that they are playing more, which will do good for them. But for right now, they're not going to dig you out of the game. Whereas sort of Henderson, you would be able to, Fabinho would be able to, and Thiago can, but he's already had injury problems before he came to the league. So it's not a surprise that he does get injured from time to time. I think if they're good enough, they'll step up, though. Like, 
I, I get your point. Like you can't, you don't want to be over rely on options, But look at some of the players. You know, e- even in England alone, you know, Foden, Mount, Reese James. You know, like you've got, you know, Saka. You've got these young players who have won leagues, have won Champions Leagues. Have like, if they're good enough, I do think they'll step up. But I think it's, it's when you're over relying on them to fill the boots of someone else that I think that's more the issue. But if you look at them players that you mentioned, none of them are having to win games, like pull pull the whole team up. None of them are doing that. Like they might do it for an odd game or two, but they're not doing consistently. And that's and then if you go with the lack of confidence around Liverpool, they're not. They shouldn't be doing it. Like they, that's sort of if that is happening, they're either going to become this player is going to become a Messi, a, a Ronaldo type of player, for being that good. Or it's just not it's not going to happen week in, week out. It might happen for one game. But for week in, week out, then it's that's where I think it's the concern of them too. I I to be fair, I rate Carvalho. I'm not the biggest fan of Harvey Elliott, but I I'm not saying he's rubbish either, kind of thing. But they're not the they they shouldn't be relied on as much. They should be coming in 20, 30 minutes, maybe changing the game, maybe it's one one. And then coming on, hopefully bringing some energy, not starting for five, five at least five league games in a row. That's a ton of pressure. And for then, if you're struggling, he's getting he'll get digged out even more. But that's yeah, how I see it. But um, to put a question in, could you see Klopp being sacked this season if it got worse? I. Uh... I'm genuinely torn on this one because I I do think he's been so good for them over the previous six years. He's almost earned the right to have one bad season. Uh, but in this day and age, you cannot, you just can't rule it out. You know, I'm, I know more than most about you can't get attached to managers because it, it ends bad. And obviously Liverpool may be an exception, but in this day and age, I think it is impossible to say wholeheartedly they will not be sacked. You know, we the the the, the what, well, what do you want to call it? I guess the the popular or overused phrase of he's lost the dressing room will will inevitably get thrown out in a few weeks if they keep losing. And that when an owner hears that phrase and starts to believe it, I do think they're likely to take action because if you've lost the respect, you've lost the I guess the integrity of the dressing room. It is probably just easy for the club to, to you know, get rid of the manager, uh, and we've seen it with so many clubs. There is, generally speaking, a new manager bounce. Even Bournemouth, I think, you know, the team who were tipped to to be the whipping boys and get relegated, I think under their new manager, who's not even a, a you know top tier manager, no disrespect, but I think they then went on an unbeaten run for like five games or something. So in this day and age, I don't think you can rule out a sacking. But I do personally think, and, and I, I guess Liverpool fans would agree, he's done enough to at least warrant this year and to see it out, see if they can turn it around. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they will sack him. I agree. I think I think they have this relationship, the board and Klopp, where Klopp will probably wait until his contract expires before he leaves. You know, he's probably been very loyal to them in a way. I know loyalty shouldn't matter, but... I think I think it will 
you know, it will be a matter of if they do that poorly, then Klopp will decide to walk away at the end of the season. And also if they decide to sack him, I don't see who they're going to bring in. I don't see who would help this slide. We could talk about a manager bounce, but I don't see which manager would be capable of that. I know a lot of people have tipped Steven Gerrard for this job, but I don't think they're going to be going near him for a little while. You know, I can't see it. I think I think they'll uh, they'll keep with it until the end of the season at least. Um, yeah. No, I think that's a fair point. There, there isn't really that replacement. But if Steven Gerrard was doing rather well at Villa still, or if he stayed on at Rangers and was doing well, that could then be the choice. But... Yeah, at the moment, no. Um, I think if he got sacked this season, there'd be riots in Liverpool. Like, I think they would be everywhere, like, protesting like mad because they would not want to get rid of him. Because I think he does... It it sort of... I think, obviously, the fans love him. He loves the fans. It just... It works in the way, the way that they are, both of them. Um, so I don't see it at all unless it literally is their bottom of the table. I think it has to be that extreme and they look like they're going down. That's the only only way I see it ever ever happening. But no. OK, well, on that note, then they've got just two league games left until the World Cup starts. Uh, 13th game of the season, very lucky for some, unlucky for others, uh, is away to Spurs on Sunday and then that's followed by a home game against Bournemouth oh sorry Southampton home game against Southampton there do we think Liverpool are capable of getting all six points there do we think if they get zero there's going to be serious questions asked or do you think we're going to be looking at four points or or whatever what do you think I mean surely you've probably said it both teams are there for the taking Mm. so if you just went off where they are in the table you go Liverpool probably get three points out of them two games. But Spurs have looked terrible themselves, but they're grinding results. Sort of they're like the Bournemouth, they were 2-0 down to them, then they get 3-2. But then you've seen them in countless games where Spurs, like the United game Spurs played, Spurs were dreadful. Like it was only a matter of time before United won that game come and they did. They were comfortable. That's sort of where I think it's going to be a quite an interesting game. Is it at Spurs, Reese? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm, I am going with home field, field advantage. Whoever was at home, I'd be back in to win that game. But then Liverpool got up, like they went for it when, when they played us, they got up for it and had a better performance. So they might against Spurs. Like, if you can't get up for certain games, like, there's no hope, really. So that's sort of where it is. Um, I don't see them winning both, but I can see them getting a minimum of three points. I think they'll beat Southampton. They normally do. <laughs> I Yeah, I agree. I, I think if Spurs... Sorry, if Liverpool were at home against Spurs, I'd still, I'd still fancy Liverpool every day of the week. The fact it's away, I think Spurs are going to cause them some issues. I think it'll be a tight game. So I can. It's pretty conceivable that they're they're going to drop points away to Spurs, um, and as I said, Spurs have been amazing, but they're getting results. And in a big game like that, I do think they'll. It'll probably be a draw, in my opinion, if I had to guess. But yeah, Southampton. I'll be honest. I don't see anything other than three points. Liverpool, irrespective of form, 
Um, Hasenhutl can um, can bring a surprise every so often, but I don't see it. And just quickly, just to, to, to finalise on my point, they have got Napoli in the week at Anfield. Now, you could make the argument that it's a dead rubber game because of the, the way the head-to-head works. But that, what do they do in that game? Because you don't want to rest players and lose because that's going to damage confidence further. Similarly, you kind of want to rest players for a big game at the weekend. So that's going to be a very tough call. If they're, are they through as group winners? No, 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 no. Liverpool definitely aren't. Then the they've, got is, play, they've got to play teams. But the problem is, with the way head-to-head works, I believe, I'm just going to check this now, but I don't think they can win the group because of head-to-head. So unless they beat better their result that they got. So oh, okay. it's a very tough situation because you don't want to, you basically, you don't really want to play your, your full-strength team. But if you drop players and Napoli go stronger, there's a chance they could lose and actually damage confidence further, especially considering it's at Anfield. So I think that's actually quite an interesting dilemma to, to keep your eye on this week. Okay, so they've got a better a 4-1 result to get top. Yeah, yeah. So let me just double check that is correct. Yeah, yeah so if, no, that is right. Yeah. yeah. So, it's an in, that is quite interesting, actually, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Liverpool, your can do it. Liverpool can do it. <laughs> They've shown it before in unlikely circumstances, but it probably is worth actually focusing on the Spurs game and just settling yeah. for second. Reese. Uh, other than that, disastrous start in the Champions League uh, where they lost 4 1 to Napoli. They've actually been very impressive. I think they'll go for it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they thrash Napoli. I wouldn't. I would. It's, it's a very Liverpool thing to do. They know how to grind themselves out of it. And I think I think I think they'll go for it. I think they'd be mad not to go for it. You've got to want to keep playing as best as you can and, and use that momentum. But every time Liverpool seem to get momentum, they seem to throw it away in the next game. There you have it. That just about wraps us up for a Halloween special edition. As always, Liverpool fans, clop in, clop out. Has he done enough to buy time um, or is the curse real? But as always, like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill.